but it's so cool to be able to have that opportunity to explore and to be able to also go through the process of being like, okay, cool. Like what else can I do? Like what else is possible for me? And it's always really fun to explore that every day. and welcome to An Unknown Adventure. I'm your host, Kimberly Ann. Each week, I'll either be talking to you or interviewing someone about one or more of three exciting topics. Achieving your dreams, no matter how old, young, or infirm you are, minimalism, and unconventional travel. Thank you for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. This is podcast number 18, and today I spoke to Ashley DeLuca. Ashley touches on so many interesting topics, including her passions for the Enneagram, avocados, and sea turtles. But the crux of Ashley's message is how she achieved her dream by accident, and it's a story I've never heard before. But in a big way, Ashley's story is what life is all about. These are the things that happen when our plans don't go as planned, but take us in new and exciting directions, uncovering something better than we could have ever imagined. Ashley's adorable two-year-old does interject his opinions several times as well. And now, on to the show. So we're here today with Ashley DeLuca. And Ashley, can you tell us where you are in the world right now? Yeah, so I am located in a very small town called Londonderry, Ohio. Okay, and then can you tell can you tell the listeners what you just told me about the town, like how small it is? <laughs> yeah, totally. So basically, my husband and I we live on about nine acres of land in a really small town. And basically, we have five things in our town. We have a drive-through. We have a uh, family dollar, which family dollars are like literally everywhere in small town Ohio. Let me tell you what. And then we also have a gas station, a post office, and a donut shop. That is literally it. So in order for me to be able to go into town or do anything, it's about 20 minutes away for me to hit like a chain grocery store um, other than family dollar. But I was like, all right, cool. If anything, I can send packages. I can grab some pop and I can eat a bunch of donuts. Like that's, that's pretty much what we got going on here. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. So not even like a market or a restaurant. Yeah, no restaurants. I mean, we you can get some food at like the gas station or Family Dollar, but for the most part, I'm like, mm, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll just go into town. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. And then we are going to talk today about dreams. Mm-hmm, all about dreams. So can you go ahead and tell me like what that means to you and where you started and where you ended up so far? Yeah, 100%. Okay, so I grew up in a really, well, not as small of a town as Londonderry, but a small town uh, called Defiance, Ohio. And when I grew up there, I had really big dreams. I'm an Enneagram 3 through and through. I always have like super big go-getter dreams about all the things. And I always thought my life was going to turn up in a totally different way than what it is now. 
So when I was going through the process of going to college, I thought that, oh my gosh, like I'm going to go through and like, I'm going to finish college. I'm going to move to like New York or DC or something like some big, huge city, get one of those tiny apartments on like the 800th floor and basically live um, and write. Like I thought I was going to become a reporter or write or do something with writing. And so basically what ended up happening is I ended up moving to Columbus, Ohio, to finish out my education and ended up meeting my husband. And let me tell you what, when you think you go from like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be this very strong, independent woman. Like I'm just going to do my own thing. Like I always took care of myself within what I was doing at a young age. So I'm 25 now. And so what ended up happening is I was like, okay, cool. Like it's totally fine. Like I can still do the things like it can still work out and all that. And so as time went on and we ended up getting married and we started to kind of share more like dreams and visions of what we really wanted to do in life, what ended up happening is we ended up buying nine acres of land out in the middle of nowhere at a very young age. And so I was like, oh, wait, this is not the townhouse kind of feeling I was going for. But when we did move in, like we, we were living in Columbus, we moved into an apartment there. I was like, I quickly realized like how much I like to have my own space. I like to have my own yard. I like to have my own area, my own privacy, like all of those things that you don't necessarily get when you're in an apartment or in like a townhouse setting. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I would much prefer to like have my own space. So we started to make that transition from moving out here and it's just completely different. I started to take, you know, an hour and a half drive into my corporate job, ended up getting pregnant. Like all of these factors started to happen. And I was like, okay, so right now I'm driving one and a half hours into work. I have this little baby who's on the way. I'm married within a house with, that is like with nine acres of land. So I, as of like that moment, everything was like totally different than what I had ever planned. And that's why then I was like, all right, well, we're just going to keep like messing up the dream here and going towards something else. And that's when I started my own business and I became an entrepreneur. I had no idea. I had no, basically any kind of inkling that I would ever become an entrepreneur that I was going to do anything like that. But it's been like such a really cool journey being an entrepreneur, because then I also got it back into my roots of writing. And now I'm basically working from home, which works out great with all the things going on in this world, you know, taking care of my two-year-old, being with my husband and our two dogs and all the good stuff. And then being able to live out that dream in an entirely different way, but then also being able to expand into so many other things as well, too. Wow. That's awesome. That's exciting. Oh yeah. It's exciting. I think when life leads us in a different direction and then we go with it instead of fighting Yes. And then we find out that, oh, that's really where we're supposed to be. Exactly. I think that's the biggest thing that I've had to learn is that even within everything that has gone on within the past three years of just being married, even it's so interesting as you're going through, it's like, it's a roller coaster, right? Like you have your good moments, you have your bad moments, you have your good moments and your bad moments. And a lot of times I, when I would get stuck in those bad moments, I'd just be like, oh my gosh, like, there's just no way. Like, this is like, this was all big, one huge, big mistake, right? Like that's usually kind of where I go, I'm like, oh my gosh, this was all a big mistake. And then I'm like, wait a second. No, it's totally okay. Like, and then I figure it out and then we're good again. And it's just like that roller coaster of realizing that like, yeah, like, again, this was not where I ever thought I would be at. This is never something that I ever thought was possible, but it's so cool to be able to have that opportunity to explore and to be able to also go through the process of being like, okay, cool. Like what else can I do? Like what else is possible for me? And it's always really fun to explore that every day. Right. 
Oh, I like that. Yeah. What else is possible? I like that. Yeah, totally. That's like a good affirmation, you know, like, like a question to just, you know, in- inquiry. Mm-hmm. So what is your business? Yeah. So in terms of what I do, so I am an email marketing strategist, which even in itself feels super weird to say that as I'm looking back, I never thought I would be writing emails. I thought I would be writing like news articles or something. And so I currently do everything around email marketing from the strategy, the copy and the implementation and really focus on amplifying relationships and sales through that. So it's nothing in terms of with the sleazy craziness that a lot of people said that are like target ads, because that's what I thought it was too. And really just putting the personalization back into email. So it feels like you're writing from one friend to another. Oh, that's cool. And you, so you have your own business, you have clients. All of the pieces of the puzzle, which is so nice. It's, it's so cool because it's like with having your own business, it's really nice to be able to then have that ripple effect because I know, okay, cool. Like the emails that I'm writing for my client, they're not just like helping my client. They're also impacting the person who's reading it on the other side. Yeah, totally. What, and what led you to like that niche? Yeah. So for me, I actually started off as a web designer. This ties back into my story as well, too, because I basically going back to the reporter thing, I, you know, wanted to become a reporter. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I need to build a website. That was like my first thought as a 14 year old was, oh, I need to build a website so people can find me. So I went to the library, uh, found a bunch of library books and I was like, cool, awesome. I'm going to do the things. And my mom was like, listen, I don't know what any of this means, but it doesn't look bad. So we should be good to go. Like, that's fine. So I was building these websites. I was blogging. I was doing all these things. And I basically put it on hold when I got into college. Like I kind of just went off the deep end with that. And so in one of my marketing classes in college, I actually had to build out a business plan, a business idea. I went through the process of pitching it to people and was like, you know, for fun to see, oh, is this viable? Does this make sense? And I remember everyone being like, this is like literally a no brainer. Your startup costs are like nothing. You should do it. And I was like, no, I like, that is not for me. There's no way. Uh uh-uh. And so it was so interesting because a couple of years later, when I got into my corporate job, I was like, oh yeah, like, I really think I want to start my own business. Like that was kind of the inkling thought that I had with my friend Cece at Panera. Cause we were really thinking about like, what is it that you want to do? Like, where do you want to go? And she's like double my age in the best way possible. So she's much wiser and older. And she's like, girl, just do your own thing. Like you don't need someone else to give you permission to do it. Just do it. And so, cause I already know how to build websites. I like started my first website started making websites for other people. And that's when I started to really learn about email marketing because they wanted me to embed email marketing forms. And I was like, oh, I see. And let me tell you what, I was so terrible at it for the first couple, I don't know, first year or two, I was terrible at email marketing because I didn't know what I was doing. It was super complicated. It was super overwhelming. I was like, what the heck is this even doing for me? And it wasn't until I got really serious about learning and simplifying it that's when I got through the process of actually achieving results through it. Right. And that makes sense. I mean, you know, we go to school to learn things. It's you're learning in the field, you know? Yes, exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. And the cool thing is, is that it's so cool that like things that I do within my business, like the whole simplified method. Also, I find that through minimalism within my life as well, too, is I was like, okay, I'm simplifying things in my business. Now I want to be able to take what's kind of like, I don't know, it's like all in the air, the clouds or whatever, like all these Google Docs and stuff. But I was like, okay, I want to then apply that to my business or to my real life as well, too, because I wanted that same exact feeling of like ease and flow within my business 
as well inside of like my environmental life as well too. Mm -hmm. And so what does that look like in your real life? Minimalism? Yeah. So for me, it's been an interesting couple of years for us. We kind of go through the process of um, when we moved into our house, we ended up like having a bunch of stuff from like our apartment. So a lot of it was like mix match and like all of it. I was like, I have the house, but everything inside of it just does not go together. (laughs) It was just a hot mess of all the things. And so what ended up happening is I went through the process of taking things and like, like we've been replacing things one at a time with things that we really, really like that we cherish that are going to last for a long time. And so for me, minimalism is about intentionally having things in your life that add to the environment that add to what the feeling is that you're wanting to do. So I got a new dining room table for Christmas and I'm seriously so incredibly excited because I was like, okay, I'm so ready to get rid of our old Ikea one that like it's basically falling apart and getting something that like sets the tone that I'm looking for because dinner time is really important for me. And so, you know, having like a really nice table adds to that. And so it's really about having things that add to the kind of space that you want to have and add to the life that you're looking to have as well too. Okay. I like that. And do you do pod, do you have a podcast? Yeah, definitely. So I talk all about email marketing. So my podcast is called Email Marketing Simplified. Ah, and so you teach people how to do email marketing or? Yeah, so it goes both ways for me. So for me, it's really like, I don't want to die with a bunch of knowledge in my head because that doesn't help anybody, right? So I want to go through the process and kind of what my podcast is really honestly about is documenting my journey of like things that I'm learning about email marketing. So like I started it about, gosh, two years ago now. It's, I wasn't super like consistent with it as first started getting really consistent in the last quarter of this past year. But basically like you'll hear the difference in kind of techniques and strategies and things that I've learned just because like I'm always improving my craft. I'm always learning new things. And so like my podcast is like the first place that I share that at because I'm just like, here, here's the knowledge. Here's the information. I would rather empower people to go for it and then do the things than me just hold on to all the information and be like, oh, I'm the only one who knows all this. Like that doesn't help nobody. (laughs) Right. That's great. I can't wait to listen. I hate email marketing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. See, I hear that all the time. I hear it's complicated. It's overwhelming. There's so many pieces to it. And realistically for me, I like to be email marketing as like having a coffee conversation, just like we're having now. Right. And also I like to just make it super simple for people to get to point A to point B. I am like so tired of having all the funnels and all the tags and all the segments and all the things like it just gets so confusing so fast. And it's just a huge distraction when you could just simplify it and just make things like super easy from point A to point B. Yeah. Easy is good. That's what we like. So I'm an author as well as I have a couple different, I wear a couple different hats, but for that, I have a automated email sequence, like an automation. I don't even know what it's called. Yep. Automation. You got it. Yeah. So it took me like two months and it is so complicated and it is like pages and pages. If they do this, did it. If they don't do this, did it. But I made it like way, I mean, I don't even know how many emails there's, there's like, you know, like 50. I mean, it's really complicated and I'm getting ready to do another one for my new pen name. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to make it this complicated. It's, it's going to be like, here it is. Yes. No. You know, like, yes, seriously. And a lot of times as well, too, 
as I'm going through and mapping people's emails out and different things like that, the number one thing that I recommend is asking, well, what does this tell me about my person? So often we track links and yeses and no's and all the things. And I was like, okay, but like, how does this better understand my subscriber and helping me achieve their goal? Because that's the biggest thing at the end of the day. Like I, if you come into my email list, I want to make sure that you achieve the goals that you're set out to achieve, whatever it is within email marketing. So if I don't help you achieve them, I'm doing a disservice to you. But then on the flip side as well, if I just make it so complicated, I can't even help you achieve it. Then yeah, it's like, you're never going to make it. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. Okay. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to check it out. I'm super excited. Yeah, totally. Yay. I love learning new things. So I also want to go back to the Enneagram because I also use the Enneagram and it's really funny. I, well, number one, I was listening to Rachel Heron's podcast and she's a, an author and I just adore her. And and she was talking about, or, or the person she was interviewing was talking about the Enneagram. Well, I use it for my character building for my books. Mm, yeah. But my writing coach also uses it. And so today, without me planning it, our whole com- I had a meeting with my writing coach and our whole conversation was about the Enneagram. So I had taken the test and at first I took the test and I was a three- or something else. And then I took the test again and I was a seven. And then he's like, you're not, you're a four. And I was like, I'm not a four. And he's like, no, you're a four. And we had, and this has been going on for like a month where he's been like, you're a four. And I'm like, no, I'm not a four. So we went through this whole thing today about my character. Who's maybe she's with, or she's the loyal one. I can't remember what number it is. Five. I don't know. Anyway, she's the loyalist. And we were going through her and and he has a really great document that he got from a book about, you know, the pluses and minuses and this and that. And even, even how to help yourself, like, like if you're, you know, struggling in one area, what you can do. I mean, it's fascinating. Yeah. 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 And so I reread the four right before I got on the call with you. And I was like, oh my God, I am a four. And I... Oh, yeah. Oh, I could totally pen you as a four. I have a friend. Really? Oh, my gosh. Yes. And I'll tell you why. So I have a friend who was also in that same debate between am I a three or am I a four? She could not figure it out. And it honestly came down to the fact of her personality. Her personality within the creativity of writing, I feel like, and I could be totally wrong. I'm not scientifically based. No research here. So many writers, I feel like are fours, especially because y'all are the individualists, right? Yeah. You are your own person. You stand out between, you know, other people very easily based off of your writing style, your personality, things that you bring to the table, how you talk. And so again, not an Instagram coach. I don't know all of them exactly, but yeah, I could tell, like, I, I bet if I had to like pick on a board, I would totally pin you as a four, hundred percent. Aww. Thank you. Well, I was like really fighting it. And then I'm like, oh man, oh man, totally a four. I wanted to be a seven because it's like the adventurer. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so funny because if I was, I was reading about fours today and they like don't want to be fours. They want to be something else and they can like, you know, it's, there's a little bit of chameleoning there. And so, and so you're a, what are you, what are you? I'm a three. You're a three. And how did you, did you take a test or did you, how did you figure it out? Yeah. So I had an inkling that I was a three based off of seeing other people that were threes. I was like, oh my gosh, I totally a hundred percent relate to this person. 
I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, there's no way I can be a three at this point. And so I was also pegged by my friend, Ashley. She was like, oh yeah, you're definitely a three, but take the quiz. I just want to make sure. And I a hundred percent, like my three was like here. And then everything else was like down at the bottom. They're like, you are literally a poster child for an Enneagram three. And I was like, oh yeah, I believe it. And I embrace it. I think the biggest thing for me is that if I wasn't a three, I would definitely want to be an eight. My best friend, my husband, my mentor, um, a lot of people, a lot of my friends are eights. Um, it's just, it's so weird. It's like all my friends are eight. That's funny. And so how did you get into the Enneagram? So I had, gosh, I can't remember if I just saw something about it. I think somebody just told me about it. Honestly, I was really into personality things. There's the other one. I think it's Myers-Briggs. I had taken, yeah, I had taken that one first and I was an ENFJ for that one. And I didn't really make a lot of sense to me. I was just like, okay, cool. Not super relatable, like actionable taking, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I feel like with the Enneagram, it's very much so like it's a personality type, right? And so like, for me, it's so easy to relate. I'm actually in a Facebook group. If you're not already in, yeah, there's Facebook groups for these things. You will never, uh, let me tell you what, you will never feel so seen and heard in your entire life. Wow. Like that. Uh, oh my gosh. Like things that people post in there, because they're all of the same type as you. So I'm in a group with threes and like they're posting memes and messages and feelings and thoughts. And I was like, yep, 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 yep. Like if there was a yep button, I'd be putting yep on all of them. Like, yep, I feel the same way. Yep. I feel the same way. <laughs> That's cool. I'm totally going to look for that. Wow. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Sometimes it's like one of those things where you're just like, is there something wrong with me? Like, you know, you'll like think or do something or take an action or whatever. And then I, like, I'll go into the group and I'll be like, nope, totally not weird. It's totally an Enneagram free thing. And I'll also say the, having the Enneagram has helped me so incredibly much, even just within like my relationship with my husband, because I can then understand how he works. So like, as I mentioned, my best friend and my husband are both eight. So if my husband does something that I completely just do not understand, I go to my, I go to my eight friend and I'm like, Hey, my husband does this. Explain to me why an Enneagram eight format. And so like, she'll go through the process of explaining the feeling behind why he does a particular action or why he reacted in a certain way towards what I said or did or whatever. And it's just, it's so phenomenal. It is literally so amazing because I'm just like, oh my gosh, this makes so much more sense. That's so cool. And have you done that with your child or too young? He's two. So not yet, but literally as soon as he is old enough, I'm going to be like, all right, sit down. Let's take it. Let's see what you are. (laughs) That's so awesome. Well, I, I do have to say that I took the test and came out as like a three. And then I took the test again and came out as a seven. So either I'm not honest with myself or the test was, yeah, I took the wrong test or whatever. I don't know. It can change. So one of my other friends, she took the test when she was, I don't want to say she was in a bad place, like in her normal life. So she originally tested as six. And then she basically made like some huge major life changes in her environment, how she worked, like tons of huge things. And then she took it like a couple months later and she tested as a nine, which, and so within the Enneagram, you know, character, like you can go in stress and then in growth. So your Enneagram can change as well too. I mean, I think that 
for me, I always think I'm going to be a three. You know, sometimes I may have a little bit of another number based off of how I'm acting or how I'm feeling and all that. But I was like, there's no way I'll ever be anything but a three. I'm sorry. I'll, I will probably work until forever. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. And then I, I also wonder, like, if it depends on, like, what book we're reading or what site we're looking at, if there, because it seems like there are some differences, too. Yeah, totally. I think for the most part, I mean, from what I've read and looked at, it's pretty concrete, but there's always going to be a different opinion or a viewpoint or an outlook or a thing. And even still, I'll say this, like my husband was typed as a five originally. And he, and this is because I was like trying, he didn't want to take the test. He's not very big into tests. And so he was just like, oh yeah. And I, so I started to ask him the questions and then I would like write down his answers in my phone. And then I just like ask a couple one day, ask a couple another. <laughs> what? That's so smart. And I was like, okay, we're just going to ask a couple and then write them down. And then like, it took me like a week to get through all of them to like where he wasn't suspicious. But then he got to the point where he was so tired of me talking about the Enneagram. He's like, okay, I have to know. And so I was like, all right, cool. That's awesome. I'm like, I already kind of got it. But when he did it himself, like all by himself, he ended up getting typed as an eight, which made so much more sense for him anyway. So. Oh, that's so funny. I love that you were like sneaking it in. Oh yeah. <laughs> so a couple, I have a, a couple more questions. This is a weird one, but do you feel in like dream life-wise that you're kind of now letting whatever happens happen and, and like taking your hands off the reins because of what's happened in the past? I love this question. So it's a little bit of both. So in terms of with like how I'm planning currently within like my life and my business, so just like overall, I still have, I still have dreams. I still have ambitions. I still have things within my current scope that I'm working towards. But I have let go of the more than past a month kind of things, right? I found that like before I was so caught up into, you know, my big vision of like, oh, I want to speak on stages. I want to travel. I want to do all the things. And I was like, okay, that's great. It's going to happen when it needs to happen, right? I, I find that a lot of times I was like, I was getting so caught up and like trying to figure out how to get there. I was never really focusing on my day to day. So like now I'm very much so focused on, okay, so what is happening today? Like what results am I creating today? Instead of just focusing on, oh, like me doing all this stuff right now is going to create results six months from now. Like I have definitely more so just been doing a more day to day approach and really more so, so cherishing the white space, the time that I have with my little being able to like be super present in what I currently have right now. So that is like living in the present and like mindfulness. A hundred percent. Totally. That's great. I keep as the last person I interviewed is that's, that's her philosophy too. And I'm like, how do you do it? It's hard. Let me tell you what, it's been one of those things where it's, it, I think it's a couple things. So first of all, I was talking to my self-care coach last night about this. And we were talking about how within even just the past three months, I've made a huge transition between jam-packed schedule, super outcome-based, super like going to do all the things to, oh my gosh, I absolutely love having space in my calendar. I like taking Friday afternoons off. And she's like, who are you? <laughs> That's awesome. And I, honestly, I think I came to a point where I was just so burnt out 
And it wasn't that I was necessarily burnt out on my passion. I was just burnt out on how I was executing the things within my business and within my life. So I've definitely have taken a kind of flip on the head, different approach, mainly because I saw the impact that my stress was having, not just on myself and my body, but also on my relationship with my husband and then also with my child as well, too. Right. That's great. Not only are you able to do it, but other people are able to see. They can see the change. Yes. A hundred percent. That makes it more real. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's super easy to be like very superficial about it and be like, oh, this is what my calendar looks like, but then not execute and make it actually happen. So that's where it kind of comes into, oh no, like, oh, I can visibly see the difference within you. And I was like, okay, cool. Awesome. We're doing it right then. <laughs> Yeah. And I like the idea of like you saying like, you know, nothing past a month or whatever, whatever your, your time frame is, because for a lot of people, and for me, I like, I need goals, but I have like so many, I have like, I'm, I always tell people I have a one-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I look back, did any of it come true? Mm, some of it, but most of it, no, but some of it, like I looked back, I found this notebook because I'm I'm moving, I'm going in toward minimalism and moving into a, a camper van. And I found this, this like old journal with, you know, all my, what I wanted to do or what I was hoping to do. And it, and I wrote five years ago, I want to move into a tiny house or a van. And what's so funny is I don't even remember writing that. And I don't remember that being an active goal that I was pursuing. I find that sometimes just letting go of the how is the secret sauce, right? Like, and that's something as well, too, that I've been really focusing on is like letting go of like, how is this going to happen? And just being like, all right, what can, what are some actions I can take to help make this happen? Yeah, I like that. Because who knows how? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, like, you know, it, it could just be like, a random person, good friend request me tomorrow and become my next biggest client. I could, you know, go through the process of, you know, reorganizing my entire house and have a clean day. Like there's so many different things that could happen that we just don't plan for. We have no idea it's going to happen. Totally. Yeah. And for me, it was COVID. It was like, oh, now I'm going to lose everything. Huh? Well, how do I deal with that? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's really interesting. So how do other people like how does your family and how did your husband and other people react to you having your own business? Gosh. Okay. So when I first got into it, everybody was very super supportive. They were just like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. That's so awesome. Because I had my corporate job. So it was very much so just like a side gig kind of thing. And then, so when I went full time, I guess it was a mixed response. My husband was like really nervous because it's not like a consistent every week kind of paycheck kind of deal. Right. So he's always been really nervous about it, but he's watched me pull through and be good and like all the good stuff. So now it's definitely more so like super supportive because I can stay home with my kiddo. And so for the most part, it's always been positive, always has been positive. Again, it's had this dull moments of like, oh my gosh, can I really do this? Like, oh my gosh. But for the most part, we track through, we do the things and it all works out. That's really good that you have a, a good support group. Yes, a hundred percent. And then what about when you moved to where you live now? How did other people react to that? I don't think anyone was really a fan of that besides like my husband. My husband, absolutely. Like my family is three and a half hours away. His family is anywhere from one and a half to two hours. So we're definitely very far from any kind of additional like support. And so I know definitely my family wishes that we would move closer to them. 
and not really quite sure about the other ones but like for sure like my side's like we wish you moved like at least halfway you know in between like columbus and defiance and i was like uh, no i don't think so i told my husband i was like listen i was like if we move to anywhere the only place i will deem acceptable to move especially with moving all of our things and all of the like i was like it would be like marathon florida like that is it marathon florida is like the only place that i would be okay with moving to what and why is that so we actually ended up going on vacation there this past november just for like a really small kind of thing and i absolutely love marathon florida it's part of the keys and they have a turtle hospital there and i absolutely totally love sea turtles and i told my husband i was like if i ever retire like I want to retire here and I want to work at the turtle hospital. Like I would love to hang out with sea turtles all day. And so, yeah, that's what I was like, oh, I would just love to. And it's like very much so, unfortunately it is like extremely, extremely expensive. So incredibly expensive to live down there. But I just love how the community and I love being down there and the palm tree, like oh, the whole environment was like perfect. So you would definitely, like I highly recommend visiting Marathon Florida. It's so lovely. Is that on the top of the Keys? Um. It is towards the top. Yeah, because I drove through the Keys. So, I, I mean, I probably didn't like stay there. I stayed in another key. I can't remember actually even which one it was. But yeah, I rented like a, a Airbnb, but it was an RV just to stay in mobile home. It was super fun. And then I drove, you know, down to Key West to see what that was about and, and you know, spent a few days. Yeah, I loved it. I loved Florida, which is. Yes. I told, I told my husband, we went to St. Croix for our wedding anniversary and that was a lot of fun, but I was like, I can't do a very long plane ride with a two-year-old. Like that was just not going to happen. And so we ended up just doing the keys and I was like, I'll come back. Like, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> like I could just come back here. I would be so happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I really, really liked Fort Lauderdale weirdly enough. And I don't know why, but I just like way better than Miami. I didn't even like Miami. I mean, the the beaches are nice. Oh, I don't like Miami either. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, eh. but Fort Lauderdale, I was like, this is great. And then I have a friend, another writer friend who lives in Florida. And so when I go, when I get in my van, I'm going to go visit and check it out more. But yes. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Definitely recommend the turtle hospital. It's so much fun. Oh, I'll look at, I'll look into that. Did you know that like, and I tell people this all the time, it's totally being on a soapbox, but the plastic that we use, like, you know, how many sea turtles are dying. So like, I'll go and, and like, I'll get something from, you know, whatever department, like, I mean, I'm not eating meat at the moment, but when I was, I would get, you know, whatever meat from the meat department and they would wrap it in plastic. And I would say, please don't add plastic. And they'd say, oh, you are you worried about BPA or what? I'm like, no, I'm worried about the fucking sea turtles. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, do you know how many sea turtles you're killing? And I was like, <laughs> I was like that crazy lady that would like pull, you know, plastic straws out of people's mouths. I didn't actually do it. I didn't go that far, but I would yell at people. And I always use the sea turtles as an example, because who doesn't love sea turtles? Yep. Right. I mean, not to the extent, like, it sounds like it's like, that's your animal. (laughs) There's other animals that I'm, you know, but, but sea turtles are amazing. They just aren't. And I don't think people realize that we're killing them with our plastic. Oh, I know. Seriously. A hundred percent. 
Like people don't even know. I think if they knew, they would be more helpful, more, they would worry. They would be more responsible. Yeah, they'd be more conscious about their decisions. Definitely. That's, that's the word. So what would you, what would you tell other people to aspire to in their lives and with their dreams? Yeah. So I would say messy is better than perfect. A hundred percent. I had to go into so many unknowns when starting my business, like getting land and starting a house. Like there's so many things that if I would have stayed stuck at, I don't know, or I'm too scared. I never would have accomplished it. I even think about um, starting a podcast. I was so scared to start my first podcast. I think I recorded my first episode at least 20 times because I would like mess up and be like, oh, I got to do the whole thing all over again. Like it's just, yeah. And so just go for it. It's totally okay if you're not perfect about it. It's totally okay if you're messy with it. It's totally okay if you say um 30 times. Like it's totally fine. Just go for it. Yeah. I like that. I like messy is better than perfect. That's great. That's really, that's, that's a good thing to live by even. A hundred percent. Yeah. Totally. So there's two more questions. One is, is there anything else that I haven't asked that you would like to tell people? I don't think so. I mean, honestly, my, my, my three things in life are sea turtles, coffee, and avocados. So yeah, those are like my three pillar things of like, that's Ashley Galuka. I love that. Do you have, do you have a sea turtle as your logo? It's not part of my logo. I have like an email as part of my logo, but if I needed to have a different symbol, it would definitely be a turtle. Yeah. That makes sense that email would be part of your logo and not a turtle. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe in the future when you're helping save the turtles, then. Yes. I've always, always joked. I was like, I want to make a pattern. And have it be like a sea turtle, an avocado, an email, and a coffee cup. And then like make it into a pattern and like make leggings and clothing out of it. I was like, I'll probably be the only person who would ever wear anything like that. But like, those are my things. That's so cute. So I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday about, actually with somebody in Florida, about the avocado Whoever I was talking to was having a hard time with the, when it was perfectly ripe. And I was like, yeah, I don't have a hard time with that. Do you have a problem with that? Finding the right, ripe. And what is your, what is your ripeness secret? Man, honestly, for me, it's very much so like, I get it. I put it in the fridge and that's about it. (laughs) Oh, so you, when it's still hard, you put it in the fridge when it's still green? Yeah. Oh. I have a two-year-old. And this two-year-old likes to take anything that is shaped like a ball and throw it. So for the most part, I try to stick everything in my cupboards or my fridge just so that way he doesn't get to it. That's hysterical. And then you're like, oh, and the added benefit, the avocado is ripe. hundred <laughs> percent. I was just like, oh, I'll just check on it. It's still good. It's not broken. That's good. Well, and, and what happens when we put stuff in the fridge is they still continue to ripen, but not as fast. Yep, exactly. And I think like a lot of people don't know about bananas, like when, like I like bananas, a certain ripeness. And so when they get to that ripeness or right before I'll put them in the fridge and their skin turns brown and people think, ew, no, they still are the less ripe inside. It's just that whatever the refrigerator makes them turn brown. Yep, exactly. But you can keep them for longer in the fridge. And and what I do with my avocados is I wait till they're just barely soft. Like, you know, you can squeeze them and you can feel that game. And then I put them in the fridge. Got it. It's almost the same. Yep, exactly. 
And do you just eat avocados or do you put them on things? I am very much a guac person. I love guacamole. So they, they get put in the guacamole most of the time. And then how do you make your guacamole? <laughs> so it's kind of like a mixture of I throw spices out of the cupboard into a bowl with the avocado and then add some uh, very, I don't like big pieces of onion, but I like a little bit of onion with some tomatoes and kind of push it all together. Someone in my family gave me a really good guacamole recipe, which was the avocados and salsa. That's all she does. And I do that. And it turns out, I mean, not too much salsa, obviously, but, you know, and, and making it, making sure it's not runny, drain the, the liquid. But boy, does that work well. Ooh, I love that. Oh, I'm definitely going to have to try that. Yeah, I should mix it. Now I want guacamole. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Okay. So if you could travel back in time and tell your younger self something that they should know for the future, what would it be? Just go for it. I I think that's the biggest thing. Again, so many times I got stuck in imposter syndrome, feeling like, oh, I could never do this. Like, it's not going to work out. Like getting stuck in my own head. I just need, I just go for it. Just do the things. If you mess up, it's totally okay. Done is better than perfect. That goes back to that piece of it as well. Because honestly, I just kept holding myself back by not doing the things. Yeah. And I think as a society, we have that failure issue. Yep. When we don't realize that every successful person has numerous failures that we've just, we just never see or we never saw. Exactly. I mean, you can't be a success unless you've failed. Oh, I completely agree with you there. Yeah. Well, thank you. So, so can you tell people like, where they can find you on Instagram. And I mean, I'll put it in the show notes, but can you let people know? Yeah, totally. So my main home base is my website, which is ashleykdeluca.com. And you can basically find me anywhere um, on any of the social media sites at ashleykdeluca. Okay. And then on your website, there's links to your podcast and everything? Yes. You will find everything there. My Facebook group, my podcast, content, services, all the things are listed on my website. Okay. All right. And then you're on Instagram too? Yep. Yep. At Ashley K. DeLuca. Okay. Yeah. And then what is your Facebook group? Is it for your, for people like everybody or is it for your clients? So it's basically for anybody who's interested in learning email marketing. So just as I share a lot of stuff on my podcast, I also share other things within my group because some things are too techy or advanced or like you need to screen share to see something that's really hard to explain over a podcast. So anything like that, I share inside of my Facebook group. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, I will link to that below as well. Perfect. That would be awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, this has been really helpful, super helpful. And, and, you know, even though your son has been, you know, adding some flavor, he's been really good. (laughs) Oh, yes. Thank goodness gracious. I only can imagine what I'm going to find as soon as I hop up for my desk show, though. Well, thank you. Like for real, thank you. And uh, I know I've said that like 10 times, but this has been really, really helpful and really great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts is also highly appreciated. You can find me and more information about AUA on anunknownadventure.com. I do try to leave extensive show notes here under the podcast, but also on my website. The notes include links to everything that's been talked about today. 
However, my main goal is to give back to the community, to you. So if you have any questions, please DM me on Instagram at an unknown adventure. And whether you do or don't, following me there would light up my entire week. So remember to keep dreaming big because your adventure awaits and I can't wait to hear about it. Uh-huh.